you got to keep the big picture that, hey, we're changing the world. We're changing the world. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to be consistent. We're speaking with people that are sending a pulse to their industry. Pulse Welcome to, their to industry. Electric People. We have Dave Madsen on the show. Check out Tim Ballard. Jeff Curl. Sheckler. Kenzie Watts. The League presents Electric People. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Electric People. We are excited for today's episode. We have Jeff Hershberger from our Connecticut market, one of my very good friends, someone I've worked with for a long, long time. And I am really excited for everyone in the company to get to know Jeff a lot better today. So I've got Ty, you always do these intros really, really well. And I always feel bad when it's my turn because I don't, I don't do the homework like you do normally. And so today is my chance to redeem myself. So are you guys ready for this intro, Ty? Oh, I like this. I like it. This is going to be, I, this is, I'm, We're gonna grade my, my goal too, with this though. intro, twofold goal to this intro. One, my primary goal is to embarrass Ty because of how much better this intro is going to be than anything he's ever done. Try it. And then two, two, uh, everyone needs to get to know the real Jeff Hershberger. So, uh, so Jeff started in the door-to-door industry back in two, seven at uh, the same company I was working at Pinnacle Security. Um, he was the top first year sales rep at the company, Ty, 247 installs, which if you have That's never legit. sold home security systems before, I mean, anyone that does 200 is extremely respectable. 200 in your first year, especially back in 2007 was very, very rare. Um, Jeff, sold over 200 accounts every year that he did home security sales. He did over 300 accounts three times, sold over 400 accounts two different times. So one of the most prolific uh, home security smart home salesmen that's ever walked in the neighborhoods of America. And then uh, (laughs) Jeff made the move to Vivint Solar back in 2015 I actually, I got a call from Brendan Smith, who is our, our VP of ops. Brendan uh, worked with Jeff and I back at Pinnacle in the, in the old days and told me that Jeff was living out in Connecticut with his wife and family at the time. Um, I think just life had taken him out there. And so I called Jeff. We grabbed lunch at a, a little barbecue. What was that place called, by the way, Jeff? Smoky Bears or something like that? Yeah, Bears Smokehouse. Bear Smokehouse, uh, good little barbecue yeah. spot. I, I wined and dined Jeff with some good Hartford, Connecticut barbecue. And um, <laughs> he started with us and has just absolutely crushed it. He's been a staple in New England and the East Coast ever since. He was the number one first year rep. Uh, I'm sorry, he was the number one rep on the East Coast in 2017. He was the number three rep on the East Coast in 2018. He was promoted to be a regional district manager that same year. He's got 424 career personal installs, as well as he's managed that Connecticut market along with uh, some of our other leadership there for five years now. So he's absolutely solar since he started with us. Um, That's the serious stuff. Um, My favorite part about Jeff is a lot of people don't know him just because, like me, he didn't come through the Vivint smart home kind of pipeline. And um, where he came over from Pinnacle, a lot of 
uh, our people here at Vivint Solar just don't know Jeff very well. So I wanted to give you guys a couple quick fun facts before we get into the meat of this thing um, so you can get to know who Jeff Hershberger is a little bit more. So one, like you, Ty, almost exclusively wears only Vans. My dude. Only catch him wearing Vans. Yep. He they is work a with sports. Everything. That's the thing is they work with everything, right? It's true. Uh, and doesn't matter Astrid, what you're wearing. He's uh, only wears classic Vans. He doesn't do any of the new, you know, soft soul stuff. He's a classic Vans only. Um, he's might a send sports you a pair. fanatic. We might send you a pair. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> he's uh, a sports fanatic. He is a tech guru. He's also a solar tech expert. I would say there may not be another uh, person in the sales side of our org that knows as much about our product. Every part of it is Jeff. He is an excellent bowler. He is terrified of clowns. Oh, he dude. is OCD so about almost everything, uh, including his own personal hygiene. He takes multiple showers per day. Um, he is a creature of habit. He does the same routine, eats the same meals, wears you know, the same clothes. Once he figures out something he likes, Ty, he just sticks with it. That decision's over. Um, efficient. He gets a haircut. He's very efficient. He gets a haircut religiously every two weeks. Uh, his cars are immaculate. You'll never find a, a single crumb or, you know, a straw wrapper in there. Um, he is a Red Bull addict. And yes. he's secretly a great singer. Many people don't know. He's also, um, this is also a fun fact, Ty, that Jeff is, uh, I don't know how to say this without being politically incorrect. We'll just say that Jeff has been the same size since he was in eighth grade. <laughs> uh, so um, he has been five I foot six, 180 pounds since eighth grade. Same weight, oh, same height. He, you know, in eighth grade, he was just a man child beast. And, you know, now he's a petite, you know, little guy. So, but he's a, a heck of a bowler. And um, he's also from Arizona, yet never been to the Grand Canyon, Ty. If you did, where did you get that. these facts? They're true, but where did you get I them? got sources, man. I got sources all over. Um, and then my favorite. Fun fact about Jeff, he is a fantastic father of two lovely children. So, everybody, Jeff Hershberger, uh, we are excited to have you on and, and really get to know, uh, you know, get to know you a little bit better today. So, hey, you, you had me with, you had, hey, you had me with production and hygiene. I'm like, those are my things, dude. You're a clean person <laughs> that produces consistently. I'm in. But the vans, the bowling, mm -hmm. I think, dude, I think, uh, I think you might be like my my East Coast like man crush guy, you know my like my like dude. <laughs> you guys, you guys that. are very similar. You're very similar in a lot of ways. I have no doubt you would uh, you could definitely bond over all your weird little things you guys do. So yeah, the only thing is, I've I wanted to drink get... off Red Bull for like seven years. So we can I can't that. I can't hang in those circles anymore, dude. I get all jittery. Yeah, we can fix that, Ty. We can fix that. So that's easy. I'll, I wanted to I wanted to start out with this, Jeff. Um, Ty, Jeff is one of the most intense people that um, I think you're around when it comes to selling and just his work. 
Um, he's one of the most fun people you can be around, but when it comes to work, he takes it very serious. He's very intense and just seems to have this kind of chip on his shoulder of always wanting to beat people, always wanting to compete. Um, and so Jeff, I wanted to ask you, is that something that you've developed over time or was there something that happened in your life, um, that kind of gave you that chip? Like where does that, just that intense fire from inside come from? Yeah. Um, well, I think it probably started when I was about 10 years old. I can remember um, my parents uh, took me out to dinner um, at the Olive Garden uh, of all places. And uh, <laughs> mm. we're sitting there at dinner <laughs> and uh, my mom just kind of has this blank stare in her face. Um, and she's like, hey, I have to tell you something. I'm like, okay, shoot. Um, your dad's not your dad. And I can just remember like just being rocked. Um, and like, I, I lost it in the restaurant trying to like, you know, you're 10, not trying to be seen crying. And, uh, she, she told me the story. So my mom was previously married for, um, about two years. And, um, I was about six months old. Um, when my biological father and her split up and got divorced, she met my dad, uh, shortly after, um, and he, um, they ended up getting married, uh, and he, my, my dad ended up adopting me when I was about two, three years old. Um, when the whole adoption process, like from, they had to like track him down because he had to sign over basically signed me over in court, like surrendering his parental rights. It's more, no different than signing over like a used car to somebody. And I can remember like when I processed it and finally, you know, after crying hysterically, um, I just never, I didn't feel good enough. And that's where like the chip kind of started for me. Um, I've always since then, kind of competed against somebody that's not really there. And I've, it's driven me to, to just prove, prove to someone that's not really even there that I am good enough um, to prove to my biological father that, Hey, this is what you missed out on. Like, so that's, that was where the, my chip started. Um, a lot of people also don't know. I was actually married, um, twice. I was previously married for about four and a half months. Um, we only, you know, knew each other for about a year and a half, um, got married. We only lived together for about a month and a half after we got married. And I can remember she told me as I was, you know, leaving the house that she owned, um, you'll never amount to anything. Uh, you're just a loser. You'll always be a loser. And it just kind of, it just always kind of sat with me. Uh, I was homeless <laughs> after that. I had nowhere to go. I had no money. Um, I kind of couch surfed at friends places and stuff like that. And, um, I ended up buddy from high school ended up, um, reaching out to me on MySpace. So it tells you how long ago that was and, uh, wanted to meet for dinner, you know, whatever. It's my day off. It was in December 06. Uh, showed up like 45 minutes, like come to find out it was a recruiting meeting for, door-to-door -door sales. Who I showed up 45 minutes late. Uh, 
Trey Warner. So it was Trey, oh, yeah. Scott, and BJ Savage. Uh, That's the crew. Pizzeria Place. Yeah, yeah. This Pizzeria Place. And um, so I'm 45 minutes late. He's blowing me up. Like, dude, where are you? I'm like, I'm on my way. Okay. Finally get there, and I'm hammered. I've been, it was my day off. I've been drinking. And uh, <laughs> I should just remember, like, <laughs> I kept asking that I didn't believe the opportunity. Like, and I kept saying like, why me dude? Like, why is everybody doing this? The, you know, and two weeks later, I actually ended up getting a DUI. Um, had I not gotten that DUI, I never would have gone out my first year um, because I was losing my license. I had no way to get back and forth to work. Um, so that like really one of the lower lows of my life, like, absolutely kind of put me on the right track which is kind of crazy to think about but um so yeah kind of kind of nuts so you're sitting there eating some breadsticks at olive garden i just want to make sure i got this story <laughs> right ty yeah i thought of the he's sitting there eating too. some bre- <laughs> like, with he's the little, sitting there like, eating some breadsticks yeah. just couldn't be happier couldn't be happier that his parents are taking him to olive garden his alleged parents uh, all of a sudden, uh, I'm not your real dad. Like, I can't even imagine that. Like, what was, uh, I mean, is that one of those things where it's like, I can remember crystal clear, like where I was during like nine 11 crystal clear, like certain events that happened in your life. Is that one of those events? Like you can remember everything, every detail about that moment. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. We were sitting there. I was actually sitting next to my dad and my mom was sitting across from us. You know, I was on the inside of the booth and like, I just looked at him and I lost it. And, um, it was, it's, you have this male father figure figure in your life that he, if anything from that day, like I got more respect for him because the things that he did, like he didn't have to do, right. He chose to do. So getting choked up. Um, that was big. Like that was, it was, earth shattering and eye opening. Like the, the large, that chip that it put on my shoulder, that was, that was all me. Um, and just wanting to, to just prove to that guy that like, dude, you missed out. Like I'm a cool kid. Like I'm going to be a good kid. I'm gonna be a cool kid. I'm, I'm going to figure life out. Well, I had a few bumps and bruises, uh, wasn't exactly perfect, but I've always kind of competed against that that person that's not even there. Do you recognize, you know, you, you can speak with it like in a pretty articulate way now, you know, competing against someone that's not there. First, first of all, I love that you're the no car guy in the summer. <laughs> like, you know, there's like stereotypes in every office and you are the no car guy. <laughs> that's one of the worst guys to be. <laughs> yes. First burger show. Yeah. Dude, like, I was oh, homeless, dude. It was, it was perfect. It was perfect. I you're was homeless. Guy, have a, yeah. They're going to put me up. Uh, dorm style living, whatever. They were going to drop me off in the area. Uh, by the way, first summer, <laughs> Detroit. So it's not exactly like a luxury destination. Uh, yeah, getting dropped off by a brown Astrovan for, you know, five months, six days a week. <laughs> People that have only sold Solar Man, they don't even know. They don't even know how lucky they are. No. They didn't have the brown Astrovan in the neighborhood in Detroit where there's no escape for seven hours, you know. Um, but one of the questions I was going to ask you is, you know, you could speak pretty articulately about it now, but 
you know that's not true, right? I mean, somewhere somewhere in your in your heart, you have to know that it was never about you being good enough. And maybe it propelled you and stuff like that. But, you know, proving to your your ex-wife and proving to your father, like logically, does, does it ever go to your head where you're like, okay, I know I don't have anything to prove to this man that didn't even know me? No, yeah. And does it happen right away? No, absolutely not. Um, I was pro- I, in my 30s, like, wow. Uh, you know, like before I kind of like figured it out and, and going to uh, my life coach, AKA therapist uh, mm-hmm. and just like, finally just like talking through stuff and um, just like being told like, hey, dude, it's not your fault. Like that was his choice. Not you didn't have anything to do with that. Like it was six months, you know, I don't know, but it's still, it, I still have never met the guy to this day. I mean, um, it's not like it, I, it's not like I couldn't, you know, like I have all the information to do. I just have no desire to. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things I'm interested in is there's a lot of people, your story is unique, but there's a lot of people. And I actually think even myself included that this job has been the crucible, like direct sales, whether it's the association from the people, whether it's, you know, you found like your sport or whatever, but it seems like, you know, from where, from the intro that Adam gave you of, you know, all of these crazy consistent accomplishments to the start that you had being no car guy, how is, how is this job, the crucible to find kind of your, your efficiency in life or was it? It's job itself. Yeah. It, was there something like this when you job went out for- and started doing it that, that got you on the right track and, and what was it? Well, I, it was a, uh, yeah, it was a, yeah. I, I had to do, I had no choice, but to be successful. Like it, right before, you know, I had nowhere to go back to. I was $30,000 in debt. My truck got repossessed. Um, I can remember I, I called my mom and told her that I was quitting from managing at the uh, health back. And uh, she cussed me up one side and down the other. Which and back called my How away. could you? In Utah? How could you, Jeff? No, no, no. Paradise Valley uh, in uh, Arizona. Oh, okay. How could All I right. throw away forty thousand dollars a year of, before taxes? Life of blooming onions. Life of <laughs> blooming onions and those ribeyes. Like, what are you thinking? Dude, it was the literally best decision I've ever made in my entire life. You know, <laughs> sitting in the back of this rental car, calling my mom, uh, "Mom, I'm quitting." Calling my proprietor, like, "Dude, I'm not coming to work tonight." Like at this point, like I just went all in. Like, called an hour before my shift. I'm not coming in. I'm done. I'm quitting. This is my notice. Um, and, uh, I had no choice, but not to be successful in my mind. Um, showed up $200 you in my pocket. You I had to make that work. Jeff, you, you, you blew it out of the water. You've never had a summer over 200 successful would have been 60 or 70, right? Like, Oh, cool. I made some money. I can get out of this, but I'm saying there's something in people that can do two, three, 400 accounts. And I'm wondering when that shows up in your story. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the turning point for me, um, every like next jump or milestone in my career, has usually been like a life, uh, events, right? So my son's born, you know, I had, I hit 300. Um, my daughter's born. That's when I hit 400. So it's like that next like stepping stone of like what, you know, life changing event that happens. Um, that 
just kind of pushes me. It becomes my new, my new why, if you will. <laughs> What's interesting, Ty, is so one of my favorite parts of Jeff's story, and I think this will resonate with a lot of our, with a lot of our people. But um, so Jeff was the number one rep on the East Coast in 2017, and. What's interesting is in 2016, we basically had to talk Jeff out of quitting. Um, I mean, he was yeah. in a bad, he started off really, really hot. When we opened up Hartford, he was just crushing it. And then um, I can't exactly what happened, but we had to, we had to consolidate the market and we basically had to fire, um, we had to let go of our ops and consolidate Connecticut into one team. And, but before we made it into one team, Jeff just didn't have any ops anymore. So it was like, it was like one of the original offices that didn't have ops. It was just a sales office. And, and then his co-manager quit. And, um, anyway, Jeff was really struggling. Uh, just, I think I'm like personally. And so, and then the following year he has his best year he's ever had. So, Jeff, can you walk us through like just emotionally what was going on? Some of those hard things that happened that year of 2016 and then, you know, the turning point where all of a sudden you got it together and you just figured it out and then you crushed it. Yeah. So 2016, um, was, was rough, uh, came out hot, kind of, you know, fizzled off. I didn't really know how to navigate a winter knocking especially in new England. Um, so my, my numbers dipped and I can, you know, the insoles aren't coming in. So I'm kind of chewing through my savings that I had and dude, I was broke, like broke <laughs> second time in my life, you know, like no money, two kids, a wife, it's not working. I, I re- um, I remember I, I actually had it's yeah. Of course Adam remembers. I actually had to ask Adam, <laughs> for a thousand dollars, um, like swallow my pride. Like this is after like I have 90 days past due on everything. And I'm like, dude, I just need, I have to pay my landlord so I don't get evicted and I'm a thousand bucks short. Um, and being the cool dude that he is, obviously he lent it to me. Um, took me a little while to pay him back, uh, like three or four months or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was a, Whatever, yeah, absolutely, I got it. Because I was questioning if I even made the right choice. Going from alarms, you know, being comfortable, knowing, predicting that I'm going to make at least 250 a year um, to what now I'm like, dude, I'm struggling to make, I don't even know if I was going to make 100 that year. And then my ops team gets fired, you know, and I have this 10,000 square foot warehouse with nobody in it. My co-manager leaves. I'm like, dude, what is going on? Wheels are coming off. And it was April 2nd on the Saturday. The uh, uh, OM out of uh, New Haven calls me. He was our, because we went to ROCs at that time. And uh, he's like, hey, dude, we got to drop your install. Uh, roof shot. I'm like, great start to a Saturday. Awesome. Um, and I can remember, I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, I'll see if I can figure something out. I remember like going through looking at my accounts, like, dude, I don't have anything ready to go for another three to four weeks for install. Like, what am I doing? And I'm like, all right, I have nothing lined up. I'm like, 
I know how to knock doors. I haven't really been trying as hard as I can. I'm like turning everything off. I'm just going to work. I'm going to knock until the sun goes down. Whatever happens, happens. And I went out and knocked. And I, I wrote 10 um, ACs, which was at that point was crazy because you had to get PPA signed. We had to charge them a dollar. They had to do a welcome call to schedule a site survey, all, you know, way different than it is now. Uh, and I got 10 and I didn't eat. I barely drank. Um, but for me, like that was, I needed to have that to remind myself to prove to myself that I could do it, that I had made the right choice. It's when I, I kind of feel like if my back's against the wall, um, I kind of need that to propel me sometimes. And it, it pushed me and it, I've never looked back since. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, I think this job in so many ways tests you more than most jobs anyway. And then it's also the most rewarding job that you can ever have. I mean, it's just such an emotional roller coaster at times. And the story of almost quitting, I think a lot of people that have ever done door-to-door sales, I would say most people that have done door-to-door sales have felt that, you know, at some point. And then it's really interesting, the people that stick with it and just keep going and keep going. So many of them come out the other side and it becomes part of your story, right? It becomes part of, you know, who you are and you can really draw strength from it. And, you know, you go through the next two years, I would say fairly, um, you know, like obstacle free, you know, you, and I know you had some small things along the way in 2017 and 2018, but, um, you know, you're the top rep on the East coast, number three rep in 2018. Um, but kind of secretly in 2018, and I don't know how comfortable you are kind of talking about this part of your story, but, um, you know, your life sort of starts unraveling personally, right? Yeah. So like professionally, right. I'm top of the world, 2000, end of 2017, early 18, I get promoted. So I've been pushing for the entire time. Um, and my marriage has just been horrendous. It's falling apart. And my wife, um, ex-wife filed for divorce, um, like two weeks later. So that like having the, I didn't know what to do at that point. Like I was, it's like I was lost all over again. You know, it's like, where do I go now? Like I have these two kids I have to break, you know, tell them that we're not going to live together with, you know, anymore on a regular basis. Um, that structure, that, that, like that thing that a lot of people take for granted, um, that I took for granted, you know, you, it is, was going away. And for me, I, it took me a while, like longer than it probably should have to get out of it. Um, I, I just, I struggled to, to figure it out. It's like, it was like, I, the only thing I can equate it to and maybe, and some people are better at adapting than others. Um, I'm so like, like Adam says, like if I find something I like, it's like rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Like that's all I want to do. Right. Schedule out the door by eight o'clock every day, you know, at the time back every night at nine o'clock. But that was, is just what I was used to. That was my routine. Now it's, it, it wasn't going to be the same anymore. It was like trying to figure out how to walk all over again for me, trying to figure out my schedule, my 
balance, you know, um, figuring out what the heck I was doing with my life, what I wanted to do, where I was going to be. Um, it, it was it just turned everything upside down. How do you, um, one of the, the things that I've, um, that I respect about you is your ability to come back from stuff like that, you know, because no doubt, I mean, there's, there's a couple thousand people that, that sell direct for this company and there's tens of thousands of people that do this, you know, for their, for their profession and no doubt life's going to happen, right? You're going to get bad news. You're going to have relationship issues. You're going to have health issues, things like that. But to some people it defines them and pushes them out. And to some people, I keep going back to your consistency. So to me, you know, eventually you have to face the mentality, right? You, you mentioned that professionally you were doing really good and then relationship wise. And one of the things we always say is it's impossible to separate who you are from what you do in this job just because you're people facing all the time. So what do you do for your mentality? How do you get through these slumps? Like what goes through your head to have your whole life not completely unravel? Like how are you getting it back? A lot of it still, it's like, it's never really back, right? It's new. Like, and that's what a lot, like what I had to figure out. It's like, I just want my, I just want it back. And I tried to just get it back. You can't, you have to, you have to change. You have to adapt. You have to figure it out. Like you're, you're starting. I was starting from zero again and I had to figure out a new schedule. I had to figure out, you know, how I was going to do everything again. How was, and for me, like it was hard, but again, once I kind of figure out that structure, that routine, I'm, I'm fine. Okay. I got one thing down. I have this part of my life figured out. Okay. What's next? What's next? What's next? It's without that routine and structure. Like I, I need that. It, it's something that I can't do without it. Yeah. You start to get that control back. Right. I have a friend. Um, I have a friend that I sold with um, a number of years ago, just in a different industry. And he went through something that I witnessed and just tell me if you, you see anything in this, but it was really interesting to see him go through it. Cause he's someone that I love and respect a lot. And uh, his wife had a, a mental health issue. I'd never experienced anything like it, but he was a person that was close to me uh, to the point where, you know, she had to, to get treatment and she couldn't perform her daily functions as, you know, a mom and a, and a wife. Uh, and this was during an alarm summer where an alarm summer, you only have 118 days, right? So you're kind of, you're, you're against the clock. And, um, what I saw was I was prepared for this person to, to fall apart, to blow a summer, to completely like, you know, have the arrest of his life kind of unravel. And what I saw him do was, you know, he organized um, a schedule where he brought her mom and his mom in for different rotations. He had kids. And so he scheduled with some of the other families that were out there for his kids to be watched. And then he went out during the day and you know about this, but he was doing 18 and 20 a week alarm installs, just slam, 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 slam. And I don't want to be insensitive because some people would say, you know, hey, what, what, what are you doing out working at a time like this, right? But what I found and what worked for this family was during certain parts of the day, he could not control anything, right? Like there were certain parts where he wasn't even welcome at treatment, right? So he could sit and be completely out of control and spiral or, you know, to some of us direct sellers, it's like going for a run. It's like working out really hard where it's like, man, I have just got to go be productive. I've got to be effective. And what I saw was he took control and that almost like led him to seeing the silver lining and seeing what he could control in other aspects of his life. And that, you know, the family's still together. The mental health is great. And the summer was a massive success. And I, I look back at that. I look back at your situation 
and I'm such a fan of it. I'm like, wow, man, bravo. That was incredible. That was, that was expertly done. Is there anything, is there anything in there that resonates with you as you, as you go back because you still perform during those times? Yeah. It's a lot of it too, like going out and it's the escape, right? Um, it's, it's the distraction of knocking doors. Like, I'm just going to go talk to people, you know, like for me, I was able just to get the other, put the other stuff aside and just go to work. And I didn't, I didn't think about it when I was at work, you know, um, when I was married, like some of the best days I had, I had a blowout fight five minutes before I walked out the door, but because I got to, those are the worst. You got to carry all that on you. Right. And then find a way to shake it out before you get to the knit. You know what I mean? So hard. But for me, like it's that, like in that chaos, I just, I know what I can control and I can just control what I'm doing at that point. Right. I can control like if I'm going to go talk to somebody right now or, or not. And it's that appearance of like having it kind of like figured out um, and escaping from it that helps me that that helped me through those times so whenever we do competitions and we do you know little inter-region competitions or company competitions jeff is just a gamer and um there's few people that i know personally that can kind of and he always performs at like a reasonably high level but then there's just those guys that when they have to or when they need to they can just flip a switch to like find the sixth gear and beyond right so um jeff how do you how do you do that like i've all i was never like when i was selling full-time i think my best week ever i mean i had a i had like one or two big weeks but like for a good three-year period i was like six to eight sales a week pretty consistently i did over 10 you know maybe three or four times over like a three-year period it was just very consistent um and there were weeks that i wanted to be like where I'm like, I'm going to go to a week and I would end up with seven or whatever. So how do you do it? Like, how do you flip the switch to where you're just like zoned in? Is it just the red? I mean, is it just the Red Bull? Like, what is it? Like, how do you, what, what, yeah. like, how do you do it? So I, uh, I like to gamify everything. Um, I'll play a game, like even with myself knocking doors, um, always did it in alarms, do it still to this day. And I'll make stuff up <laughs> in my head. And it's, it's funny is watching, you know, the, the, the last dance, like documentary. Um, there's a lot. Have yeah. you made stuff up? Go for it. I love it. No. And it's, I mean, like the recent in the rally competition and stuff, like every time I went up against somebody, I'm like, that dude did this to me. I'm going to kill it. I'm not, I'm not letting him lose. You like there's no way I'm letting that guy. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's crazy. Like going again, and the thing is, with the coastal. It's like you're going to get, uh, up against dudes in your own region, DMs that you know and like. And I'm like, dude, Bryce Nelson thinks he's better than I am. I'm gonna show that guy what's up, <laughs> you know. Uh, Especially just, Bryce, he's that's, like the nicest person. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually. So mad he beat me. I actually went and golfed with him yesterday, and yeah, I beat him. That's right, Bryce. But uh, <laughs> no, and that a lot of it is it's just gamifying it and just knowing like, okay, I'm not gonna let that person beat me. I'm not gonna let that that person define who I am. And I just it's again just I've always kind of competed against somebody that's not there. I know it's, but I still like to do it. 
it's, it became so much of a habit for so long that I can't let it go. You know, I know it's not my fault, but I, I still want to build my, my story habit, you know, like I'll always compete against that person. Well, he, the thing that he does Ty, is, you know, I'm on the, I'm on the group chat. So I see every time he posts the sale and, and for those of you that don't know Jeff um, in new England, on their DM group chat, every DM has an emoji that's their emoji. And when you get an AC or a welcome call, you post your emoji. And Jeff has this thing where he'll have like zero and then all of a sudden he'll post one. And Jeff's emoji is the wolf, by the way. Uh, so okay. Jeff's is the wolf. And the blowfish. Um, yeah, yours is the blowfish. <laughs> it just I don't is. Know. Is it really? I don't know who, yeah. It is. Well, yeah. Oh, the other tie, actually, the other fun fact, I forgot about this in the intro. So, Jeff is the official oracle for all DMs in New England. So, you don't, when you become a DM in New England, you don't pick your emoji. Jeff actually oh. decides what your emoji is. And there's a bit of a <laughs> ceremony that takes place at, you know, the DM conferences or whatever where Jeff reveals akin to like a sorting hat from Harry Potter or, you know, whatever, where he reveals what your emoji is and why it's your emoji. So, um, so anyway, you can give yourself the emoji and Jeff's emoji wasn't, he also didn't pick it himself. It was given to him by one of his sales reps, right? John Manfrey. So, um, good memory, Adam, but, uh, but yeah, so Jeff will all of a sudden he'll post like one wolf, like thirty minutes later, two wolves, forty minutes later, there's four wolves. Like it just on a random Monday, he'll drop like five ACs, you know, in a day. Um and it just like he sells in spurts. So when you're out knocking, do you go out and just knock door to door? Like how do you do it? Do you cherry pick homes like how do you sell with such volume when you decide and and most of Jeff's sales, by the way, are straight cold knocks. Like he's not going out and getting a bunch of referrals. Like he is like straight cold knock and just selling with volume. Yeah, so a lot of it I, I'm not going door to door. Um a lot of it, it it's cherry picking and it's just research, like and note taking and like knowing when I've talked to him and and when to go back in like my calendar, like, Hey, this guy's only available Monday. So I have like, you know, I'll put it in for next Monday to go there. I'll have like, um, after six Fridays, like in my reminders, I'll have a list of people of what days and times to hit them. So I kind of have my day like lined up, um, almost every day. Yeah. There's days you don't have anything set up, but after, if I get out, I have to get out early to get into what I call the groove. Cause my first part of the day, it's, I'm basically just kind of, if I could pick one up before three o'clock bonus. Right. But I'm just trying to set my night up. Know when I have to go back, you know, catch the, the husband or, or the wife home or things like that. Every that's all I'm doing is just research. Uh, early. I like to be on the doors, like starting at 11, even during the week, like in my area mm-hmm. by 10 kind of cruise around, um, but I want to not, I want to be on the door by like 11 mm. and it's just research until five o'clock. And then all that research I've done, it's just like, okay, I know 
this guy at five, five thirty-six, sixty. You know, just where to go back and everything. It's a really good way to do it. Um, let's uh, let's nerd out on solar for just a minute. Um, what is it that? What is it first of all that you see um, in the opportunity? What is it about solar that you love? Solar is literally the it's the perfect product, right? Like, at, at, even as a consumer, I don't know anything that you can do for no money in a pocket that's going to put money into your pocket. Um, as a door-to-door rep, where your where what product is there out there besides solar where you can go knock on somebody's door, offer them something, no money out of pocket, and put money back into their budget, like? it's, it's the perfect product that it's great for the environment. You know, like my kids are, my son's going to be 11 next week. And my daughter's eight, like they're learning about this stuff in school. So like when they hear about it, it's like, Oh yeah, my dad does solar, you know? And then they liked it when we're driving by, like they'll point it out, you know, Oh dad, look, there's solar on that house. Like, Oh yeah, I did the one over around the corner. Like, Oh, that's so, you know, and they want to go see it and stuff like that it's the pride that they get into it. And it's like that the younger generation, um, it's just as satisfying as with, you know, going out and knowing that what we're doing makes a difference. We do the same thing. We do these, uh, I take my kids on a hike on Sundays and whenever we get to like the top of these peaks, I'm always like, Hey, count the solar panels, like which houses have solar, you know? And it, it is cool because I, you know, I remember there's this, that feeling like I remember my first solar install very well. Right. It wasn't all that long. It was seven years or something like that. But I remember it very well. And I remember looking at it being like, I'd sold a lot of stuff door to door, you know, I remember looking at it like, wow, it's really cool. It's going to be there for 20 years. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to fuel that person's entire life for 20. That's really cool. You know what I mean? What, uh, what do you, what do you think is the future of solar? You know, we have a lot of someone that's pretty well researched into solar and this is just off the top of your head but i have my opinions on this as well but you know you have some things like you know people are worried about the the tariff going away i have opinions on that as well but uh you know you have some um you're starting to see dynamic products and stuff like that um come out we have a law in california where any new home build by law has to have a certain size you know system i don't know if you guys have seen that on the east coast as well but what do you what do you think will happen in the next um you know three to ten years um Obviously, I think storage is where I think it's going to go. But a lot of it, too, is I think it's going to end up going like to the point where, hey, you're replacing your roof. You're going to have to do something with your carbon footprint at the same time. You know, um, you're going to have to do solar at that point when you're replacing your roof with, you know, panels um, at that point. And just figuring out how to to make these make our homes more efficient, you know, with getting not off the grid, but having that, that, that backup battery to, to power your home through that little bit. I know it's available in a lot of markets now, but as far as like being to have a whole home, you know, just run off completely off solar off the grid. I'd love to see that. I think that would be amazing for not only us, but for our kids and kids, kids and stuff like that. Do you, do you think about your carbon footprint? I do. Probably not as much as I should to be, if I'm being hundred percent transparent. Um, I, I recycle. I'm not always good at recycling my cans cause I have Red Bull cans that I can't leave trash in my car. So <laughs> if I fill yeah, up or you have to car, stop. So you just throw it in, in no. the woods as you drive by. 
<laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not literally. I'm finding a trash can. I'm not like, recycling it. Yeah, it's got. It can't be in the car. Um, and my daughter all the time, she'll be like, "Dad, I'm like, what?" And she's like, "You should recycle that." I'm like, "Aubrey, it's okay. I sell solar." And we, she just laughs Aubrey, about stay it. strong. It's not okay. It is not okay, Aubrey. <laughs> Hey, stand your stand stand down stand down, Aubrey. Jeff's done more for this planet than anyone you know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Just megawatts of power. Megawatts of power. Yeah. Jeff, who would you? I know you're a big sports fan. Which professional athlete would you compare your solar sales game to the most, and why? My solar sales game the most too. And then I um, hear yours, Adam. Good, that's a good one. Um, you know, you, you want to say like, I don't ever want to say a superstar, but you kind of have to say a superstar, right? Like you don't ever want to say, uh, you know, you don't want to be like, yeah, I'm the long snapper for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. You don't want to be that guy who never sees the field. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> whoa, whoa. He's never going to get hurt. Oh, no offense, whoa. Adam. No offense. I mean, offense taken from a – from a former backup long snapper, I don't like where this conversation's <laughs> going right now. Yeah. Um, a lot of it, honestly, is um, – and maybe it's with where I am now. Like Tom Brady, like I would probably say like I'm the first one. I'll take the blame like if my office is, is sucking, right? If, if – um, I'll take the blame if I, if I'm not performing, like I'll, I'll take that brunt of it. Um, I'm never going to, I'm not the best athlete on the field. I'm not the, I'm not the best door to door guy that's ever, that's ever gone out there and done it. I know that. Right. I'm not the smartest. Um, definitely not the tallest, but it's the, it's the consistency. It's the going out and like, I'll outwork the guy that I'm going up against to beat him. If he's going to work, Eight hours, okay, if it takes me 12, that's fine. I, I'm okay with that. Um, I won't be outworked, right? Hard work, like, outbeats talent every time. So I'll outwork the guy next to me. Oh, yeah, Tom Brady. I like it's a big it. One. I like it. Who you got, that's Adam? That's a big one. That is a big one. Oh, who's mine? Oh, funny you should I was going to – I was going to – no, I was going <laughs> to – yeah. I was thinking about, you know, like an obscure, like, 80s, you know – Ryan Sandberg or like something, but then I, I just because I wanted to totally alienate Ty from the combo, but uh, I know eighty, but Randy, uh, dude, that's who I know. Okay, 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 man. I don't know. I actually, that's a that's a hard that's a, that's just a hard. No, question, you'd be like, but um, Cal Ripken Jr. Who do you think, Jeff? I mean, yeah. Who do you think, Jeff? For you? Yeah. Oh, uh, um, Ripken Jr. is good. That's super respectable. I think Cal Ripken yeah, Jr. Thought, honestly I, was the first thing that came to mind when I thought of you, simply for the fact that, like, you know, the the Iron Man streak and super consistent showed up every single day. Um, always brought intensity, like always reliable, always there. And that's, um, gosh, I'm making it about you now, but uh, yeah, hey, I think that's hey, a really good. Listen, for you. Jeff, if I die before you. I want you to tell that story at my funeral. Adam reminds me of Cal Ripken. And then so I'm going to tell the story after that if that's okay. And then <laughs> who's yours, Ty? What about, what about you? <laughs> yeah, then Ty will tell a story. Who's yours, Ty? Uh, Larry Bird. Larry Bird. And this is why. This is why. All right? Because you look at Larry Bird and you're like, okay. Everybody, like, 
there's nothing impressive about Larry Bird, right? As far as the way the dude looks, but there is a certain belief within Larry Bird that he can compete with people like Michael Jordan and he actually gives him problems. You know what I mean? So that's number one. Uh, number two is Larry Bird became, there's not very many player coaches, right? There's, there's a lot of super like dominant athletes, which the fact that he was a dominant athlete is amazingly awesome in a pop culture sense. But the fact that he was a successful coach is pretty awesome. And a lot of my job is coaching. Right, so the Birdman, and plus I can't really grow a mustache, neither can Larry. So, all right, I That's think Ty nailed actually. it. Ty nailed it. I did, but he had the most time to think about it, so we'll give him a we'll give him a win, barely, a barely constantly. win. <laughs> barely, hey, Larry Legend, man, you can't go wrong. Um, there it is. That's cool, Jeff. What do you? What do you? Uh, what's got you? What's got you passionate right now? Like, I mean, are you just? dialed in only on work what are you doing outside of work these days to keep your mind sane um i like to golf um i actually yeah like i was saying i went golfing uh yesterday for the first time in like a year and a half uh with uh, troy bryce and that was the time you beat bryce right we need to go back that was the time Dude, you beat bryce. i spanked all of them i spanked <laughs> all of them and uh did you make that up no too, I, that I like, like i'm not thing? No, I beat him all. Yeah, no, I had the low score. But yeah, I'm going to play 100 bucks a hole, but those guys are like, no. But yeah, no, golf. I, I, I'm, I'm going to get back into it. I just told myself after yesterday, you can't, hit, you can't go into a driving range right now. You just have to go out and play. So yeah, um, I live right next to the water. Uh, right? So I like going down there with my kids, hanging out. Hey, Ty, before we wrap up, I do have a funny story that I want Jeff to share. I just thought of this. I was thinking about, um, you know, I've known Jeff for a long time, and I was trying to think of a good funny story that he could share with us. And when we first opened up Hartford, Jeff was living like an hour and a half away from his office. So he had to commute like a three-hour round trip commute back and forth. He knows the story I'm going to ask him to tell, right, Jeff? So so he's commuting, by the way. He's commuting back and forth from, from, uh, southern connecticut up to hartford every day and on this commute there is it's like a highway it's not a freeway it's a highway and it's they don't allow uh, 18 wheelers on this road right jeff so right. it's just cars and, and pickup trucks and at one point there is a tunnel that's like a half mile long right or how long is it do you think jeff i mean you drove it every day so. yeah probably half a mile all right. All right. So there's your there's the scene. So Ty, you're gonna die when you hear this story. So Jeff, give us the scene and and tell us what happened. All right. So there's this uh, this tunnel. Now, mind you, to get to this tunnel, Connecticut isn't flat by any means. There's this steep like downgrading hill before you get to this tunnel. But I was in traffic, went to hit my brakes didn't really get the response. I rear end this car in front of me. Now, deploys, so the electrical system's off. Panic, in a moment of panic, not thinking, I need to pump my brakes because they're electric brakes. The momentum carries me out around this car and I'm weaving in and out of rush hour traffic downhill, navigating all the way through the other cars. Is your airbag all in your the face bottom, and stuff? 
it's deflated by that point. Um, there's an <laughs> off ramp. I, I go to the off ramp right before the tunnel. There's no stoplight. It's a stop sign and then crossing traffic doesn't stop. On the other side, there's an embankment and then water. I cruise down, sideswipe another car to stop sign, somehow make it through the intersection without getting hit as cars are just going back and forth. I hit the embankment and I just crank the wheel as hard as I can. I power slid the car to a stop finally after about um, three quarters of a mile maybe, um, five feet away from hitting the water, which is the nastiest water you've ever seen, by the way. Uh, get out of the car and um, I was, the adrenaline that I had running through my body at that point, I was shaking like oh, nobody yeah it's the craziest it is a, it's craziest like, thing. As I like picture this i'm seeing like the dollar signs like like rack up as you hit one car boom twenty thousand bucks and then you hit another car boom just 10, car after bucks. car just bobbing yeah, it's like traffic like, downhill yeah it's like the superheroes oh so it's like you saved the day but you destroyed the city man like you were okay but like this <laughs> down the hill you know <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I, I definitely messed exactly. up days up that day. Yeah. <laughs> wow, man. Jeff, it's been good. Uh, it's been good reliving some of these old stories, and and I'm excited for everyone in the company to get to know you better, man. It's been a, a great episode. Um, I feel like a lot of people are going to draw from your experiences that you've had, overcoming a lot of the adversity that you've had, and just the ups and downs that you know, this job and, and life kind of throws at you. So I really appreciate you being vulnerable, um, sharing some of those personal stories. I think, I think everyone's going to really enjoy hearing this stuff. So thank you. Thanks guys. If you've liked what you've heard and are interested in joining our teams, check us out at viventsolar.com forward slash careers. If you enjoyed the podcast, please go to iTunes and subscribe. Leave us a great review and leave us a five-star rating. Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric.